this offseason, it's been the end of an era for a lot of Chicago sports. What's up, guys? Welcome into the Fireside Bears YouTube channel. My name is Usaid Koshal. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Fireside Bears. I've got my co-host, Max Smith, here at MaxSmithESM on Twitter. Make sure that you have subscribed to the YouTube channel, rate, review, the weekly podcast as well that's available wherever max like i said it's the end of an era in chicago the bears are opting to ship khalil mack off to the la chargers the chargers will take on a three-year deal worth about 70 million dollars the Bears are going to get a 2022 second round pick and a 2023rd sixth round pick in return we're going to break the whole thing down but how you doing today man I'm doing all right. I uh, was out in Vegas over the weekend, had a pretty good time. Uh, just missed the draft. It's going to be there about in a couple of weeks now, almost. We're, we're a little like under a month away or over a month away. Um, so I met some guys out there who are really stoked or really excited about it. And they're all bookies. So um, they're excited to take your money if, if you're interested in doing that. Um, it, was a, it was a great time. But yeah, no, this is huge. Um, I don't know if anyone was really expecting this to happen. You know, we knew that when new GM Brian Poles came into Hallis Hall and made statements about how the roster needs to be shaken up and that there really needs to be a big emphasis on um, hard nose hitting and, and, and more in the trenches. You know, we safely assumed that Khalil Mack would be a part of that plan because when you think of the trenches and you think of hard hitting players, uh, you're going to think of, of, of the guy right there uh, who essentially was a cornerstone of that in the NFL for the past five, six, seven years. Um, so it's a little, it's a little strange uh, for, for this move to, to, to off the first get for you to think about this as, as kind of a, what the hell is he doing? This is one of our superstars. When it's Sunday night football, you see his face up there. Well, I guess now it's just going to be Justin Fields and I don't know, maybe David Montgomery. But when you take a deeper look into this, you, it starts to grow on you and you start to go, okay, right. I see why Ryan Poles is the GM now because he's making moves like this, which aren't entirely, you know, precedented, but start to make sense as you think about it more and more. And that's exactly what we're going to do here. Look, I just tweeted this cause I've been on a tweet frenzy as of late. I mean, the last hour and a half have basically been tweet frenzy and there's something that needs to be said for this move. Let's take it back to 1983 or 82, for example, for just a second when the Bears went ahead and hired Mike Ditka. What was one of the first things that Mike Ditka said in that team meeting? He's just like, hey, give me three years. The good news is that we're going to the Super Bowl. The bad news is half of you won't be here. Listen to that part of the statement, the second part for just a moment here. Because in Chicago, we're live in 2022, but we're still partying like it's 1985. The reason Mike Ditka's statement, which is in three years, half of you are going to be gone, but we're going to be going to the Super Bowl, is so significant is simply because that's what we're seeing with Ryan Poles right now. That was kind of one of the reasons behind this trade. Ryan Poles is looking at this roster and saying, who's going to be here in three years? Who's not going to be here in three years? When we talk about building blocks, the Bears don't have a lot of building blocks. There's Max Ford, Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney, Roquan Smith, and Jalen Johnson. So unloading Khalil Mack is all about jumpstarting this rebuild. Could the Bears have tried to compete in 2022? Yeah. 
Did they ever want to? Not really, because Ryan Poles is looking at this roster and saying, hey, I'm not going to make it work with someone else's trash. And I'm not saying Khalil Mack is trash, but it's just the, the, just the way things go in the NFL. And so ultimately, this move is just more so about this is the true beginning of the Ryan Poles era. And we have to understand that Ryan Poles comes from an organization that over the last five, six, seven years since the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes have quite frankly gone ahead and invested and continue to invest in the offensive side of the ball to help the quarterback succeed. This is what Ryan Poles is going to do. And then if you look at Matt Eberflus's track record, we shouldn't really be concerned because I noted this, that while in Indianapolis, and this statement still rings true to this day, when Eberflus was in Indianapolis, they had just one first-round pick that was a defensive player. They had guys like DeForest Buckner, but Buckner was not drafted by Indianapolis, okay? The only first-round pick that Indy drafted in Eberflus's four or five seasons was Quiddy Pay in 2021. So Eberflus has shown I can make it work with day two and day three guys. So I don't necessarily think building this defense is going to be an issue. These picks are now going to be used to continue to invest in the offensive side of the ball, which also, side note, when you look at Ryan Poles in the Chiefs draft history, there's something you should note is that a lot of those late day three picks, like sixth, seventh round, were used on the offensive line. Yeah, and I mean, so there's there's a lot to cover here. Is one we get two first round picks, or sorry, two second round picks this year. Um, no first round picks, which a lot of people are upset about. But here's what's so fascinating about this draft, and I don't know if any of you had the opportunity to go watch the combine. It's always kind of fun to just throw it on. I was on the plane while I was watching it. Um, there is an incredible, and this is something that analysts have been saying for a month or two now, there is an incredible amount of depth in this draft. There's maybe one or two players that really make you go, oh, my God, they're going to go one, two. That's it. The rest of these guys could literally be taken anywhere from, you know, 12 all the way down to 100. Um, there's just they're just all good. Like there's there's especially in the wide receiver room. There is so much talent at the wide receiver and offensive line position, specifically in this draft, that it makes a lot of sense for the Bears to go, okay, let's get another day two pick, add that to the you know what, what we can do, because now they can look at what their their situations are in the late 30s and the early 40s now with adding this Chargers pick is okay, we can have both an offensive line and a wide receiver fairly close to each other. And guess what? If there's somebody that we know that we really want is about to be taken off the board, we can move that Chargers pick and potentially move up. Or we could also trade down and hold on to that pick that we just got from the Chargers, maybe get some more capital next year in 2023, which, by the way, we have eight picks for now. So, again, those picks are probably going to move. Um, but when was the last time we've been sitting here looking at how many picks the Bears have had, and it's been over seven uh, in the Ryan Pace era, virtually non-existent because we never had more than like five picks or four picks. So that's one thing from the draft strategy is Kalumax old, like for relatively speaking, right? Um, he's He's been banged up a couple times. His, his production has been declining. Sure, he's had incredible stats in regards to QB pressures. Sure, he has still, you know, okay win rates. That's that's great. And he'll still produce in, in Los Angeles, especially with that much help out of uh, Bosa on the other side of the line, 100%. But the question is, how will he adapt? How much will he be able to fit into Eberflus' defensive scheme? Because I want to comment on what you just said. 
is Eberflus had a decision in this 100% as well. Like he, he, it wasn't like Ryan Poles is just like, hey, by the way, I'm going to pick up your star defensive end outside linebacker where he was the past couple of years, and we're going to throw him over to L.A., and that's that. Of course not. He probably had a conversation with him as well as uh, Alan Williams and had that conversation about, hey, this is our defensive roster right now. Pick some guys that you maybe want to move around. Like, let's talk about this. Let's have a dialogue about the roster issues that I'm seeing, the roster issues that you're seeing, and let's start future planning down the line because every single person that was involved in this reshuffling at House Hall all talked about the future, right? They weren't talking about tomorrow. They weren't talking about today. They were talking about next year, the year after that. So the Bears are in an entire rebuild mode. That's that's not true. It's not like they're hitting the alarm button and now we're Jacksonville. No, it's a light rebuild. It's let's reshuffle some of these assets that we were bringing on because we thought we were ready to make a run. Turns out we weren't. So let's offload some of those assets and start thinking strategically. How do we keep the guys that could help us get there? Let's cut some of that weight that's really bringing us down and let's reallocate that to get us more guys that'll help us push. So it's a light rebuild as well. You could put a trademark next to it. And you'd mentioned assets right there. Let's talk about some of these assets too, because when you go back and look at the Bears draft history, you need to understand is that throughout the Ryan Pace era, the Bears, when it came to Chicago's own draft picks going into draft weekend, the Bears had you know, three picks in the top 100, only two times. Now, if you look at the 2018 draft, it's a bit of an exception because Roquan Smith and James Daniels were the Bears' own draft picks. Anthony Miller, the Bears traded back into the second round four. But look at the last basically 10 to 12 seasons for the Bears. I mean, when it comes to the draft, the Bears have had three picks in the top 100 only three or four times. I know 2014, 15, and 16 kind of serve as the most prominent examples. And so when we look at this, we have to understand something. Is the Bears now have in a draft class that a lot of people really consider the meat of the draft class to be rounds two, three, and four? The Bears have 39, 48, and then 71 overall. And, you know, those picks, they're not too far apart from each other. Certainly not, you know, something like 39th overall and then, you know, 83rd overall. Those picks are relatively unevenly spaced out. And when we look at these draft classes, you can kind of see the stars align because the Bears are going to have an opportunity to meet with some of these offensive linemen. Okay, and you could argue this now, too, is that you could take those three picks in the top 100 and go offensive line, defensive line, find a true three technique and then find a wide receiver, too. But the point is, is that the board's going to fall in such a way they the Bears could go offensive line, offensive line, wide receiver, wide receiver, OL, OL, or, you know, any kind of combination of that. Yeah, them tendering um, Sam Mustafer and, and Lakeva Simmons is interesting um, because that might suggest that they're not going to go as heavy in the draft at OL as maybe we suggested or we thought. Um, I'm still confident they're going to use that 39 or 48 if they don't trade either one down um, on an offensive lineman 100% because it would just be false advertising if Ryan Poles didn't. Uh, but it, it is interesting that they were able – that they made that decision to say, Hey, we'd like to, we'd like you back uh, in Chicago next year. Um, especially since we thought that they weren't, but maybe Ryan Poles 
believes uh, in Sam Mustafer. Uh, so yeah, there, there's there's so much depth at this at this um, offensive line and wide receiver position in day two and day three in the draft, and that's something again that we can just keep beating that dead horse. But what I'm really interested in moving forward is what kind of precedent. Ryan pulls it out of the door. Um, this is this is this is something new. Uh, he basically told the entire team that, "Hey, uh, you're not untouchable. Like that. That's if you're a player in that locker room right now, and you see Khalil Mack just got traded, you're looking at yourself in the mirror and going, am I next? You know, like holy cow.' Um, and again, the trading is not like a terrible thing, right? Especially if you're getting sent off to LA, who's getting ready to make their own Super Bowl push. He's Cleo Mack isn't in a bad situation at all. But the Bears are saying, hey, look, if you're not performing to the amount of money that we're paying you, if 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 you're not performing to where we think you could be, if you're not performing to maybe where you think you could be, uh, you don't have a place in this organization anymore. Uh, Aberflus and Paul said very clearly that this is going to be a, just a, you know, attitude-focused really big driven mentality organization. And these are the steps you have to take to set the tone to say, Hey, no offense. Thank you so much for everything that you did for us. Um, production just hasn't been there. And look, we can't give you uh, 30 plus million dollars in cap space over the next two years for you to only perform marginally to, to what we expected you to bring us over the past four years. Right? Like, Robert Quinn's probably sitting happy right now because if he didn't do this, 100% he'd be his butt out the door. And there's still an opportunity that he could be out the door. We don't know what's going to happen next because everything's off. Everything's on the table now. Uh, every, like literally everybody's on the table now. If you trade Khalil Mack, that opens up the floodgates. So now that tells other GMs across the league that, hey, the Bears are shopping. Let's go. Let's call them. If there's literally anybody on that roster that we want, Let's pick up the phone. Let's dial Ryan Poles and say, hey, what do you want for uh, David Montgomery? What do you want for Darnell Mooney? Doesn't mean, obviously, that like, the Bears aren't going to trade him. It just potentially means that they could be fielding these calls now. That Ryan Poles is saying, hey, look, this is, this is a new regime. This roster just isn't cutting what I want it to be, isn't cutting what Flus wants it to be. Let's make some changes. And you, you talk for just a second about how – this, I mean, let's call it how it is. You know, a lot of people did not expect this trade to happen, but there's also kind of something to be said. Now, if you keep up with the athletic Adam Johns, Kevin Fishman, you know, two of the best Bears beat writers around, they had an article a couple of weeks ago. Basically, well, I shouldn't say a couple of weeks ago. I should say like a couple of months ago at this point. Basically, detailing how the history of the Bears franchise under George McCaskey has basically been: they hire and fire general managers and head coaches, and then they. Tell the new guys, you make it work with the previous regime's roster. Ryan Poles isn't doing that here. This is significant because for the first time in my lifetime covering the Bears and just, you know, my lifetime of being around the Bears, that we are finally seeing our GM and head coach kind of put their foot down and say, no, we're not going to waste time on another roster that wasn't even built by us. Because that's essentially like, if you look at the Bears roster in the condition that Ryan Pace left it versus what Ryan Poles is trying to do, they're going to be two some completely different rosters. You know, and Ryan Poles comes from an organization. It's, it's like I mentioned. The Chiefs 
recognize this too. When the Chiefs were eliminated from the playoffs in 2018, they everyone knew how good Patrick Mahomes was going to be, but then they also fired their defensive coordinator, Bob Sutton, the day after because they recognized and saw if we're going to do this, we need to get better on offense, but then have some of those blue one or two blue chip players on defense okay like a frank clark and that's why they went out and traded the draft capital they did for frank clark the point is though is that and then they offset that by drafting really well in round two and three okay or on the second and third day but the point i'm making more so is this is that the bears under ryan pace had a roster that you could have looked at and you could have said you know what a guy like a Darnell Mooney or a David Montgomery or even someone like a Jalen Johnson, that's the type of player that a championship contending team would look to add on the roster to help them get over the hump. Because the Bears under pace were there, despite the win-loss record. They had a really solid roster that was there, but Matt Nagy ultimately sucked at his job. And now essentially what's kind of happening is this, is you're basically just seeing that Chicago is now moving in a totally different direction. And quite frankly, this new direction sometimes is good because you, you get to a point where it's like out with the old, in with the new. And you the Bears, have, as, as I've always said, they're always three, four, five steps behind. It's just like one person kind of described it to me is this, that like for Pace, the tools for the Bears to be a modern franchise were all there. They just did not have the right people outside of pace in place to kind of bring it all together. Ryan Poles is doing the exact opposite here. And he, again, you know, look at assistant GME and Cunningham too. He's looking at this and he's saying he's a former offensive lineman, but he's looking at this and saying, Hey, he comes from an organization like the Eagles and Ravens where they're going to move on from, you know, aging players for draft capital. And so Ian Cunningham played a role in this too. Yeah. 100%. Uh, modernizing the roster is never a bad thing. Uh, especially if you're doing it, you know, following the footsteps of teams with incredible pedigrees. Um, what makes good teams or good organizations great is the sustainability within them, is that they're not just betting on one Michael Jordan type player, right? That they're creating a pipeline of talent, that they're fostering development. The Bears haven't had that. I remember a uh, good, good conversation. It was like, and it's something that I, I heard a lot of other Bears players say is um, the, the Bears, best careers Bears have ever had are outside of Chicago. Now, once, once Bears players leave Chicago, they join their new teams, they do marginally better and have better careers outside of Chicago because they're developed and, and are able to showcase more in an organization that actually, you know, maybe care about them more. Um, that's, that's not a great thing to have, especially for young players, especially for a team that wants to win a Super Bowl and one that wants to win consecutive Super Bowls or at least have success in several years. Um, good teams develop and create pipelines. Uh, Bears just haven't done that. And this is a good step forward, at least in freeing up cap space, getting draft capital, setting the tone for the rest of the organization. Uh, moving forward, you know, I, I, I like this move the more and more we talk about it. And I hope that you, the viewer, understand and like it more and more as we talk about it. Uh, but if you don't, if you still hate it, it's okay. I can understand. Khalil Mack brought us three and a half years of really good memories. Um, but let's not kid ourselves. His first game in Chicago uniform was his best. And it all went downhill from there and never got really better. Um, and this last season was really evidence of that. Yeah, you know, 
you, you talk about here's the deal. Khalil Mack had um first things for Chicago is where superstars' careers go to die. Sometimes just saying, especially it's still prevalent with the Bears organization. But there's there's something to be said for all this. And what has to be said as we kind of continue to wrap up here is the fact that looking at this trade, there's a lot of people that are upset when it comes to the return. But at the end of the day, you know, when the Bears paid two first-round picks for Khalil Mack, they did so because at the time, and windows in this league are so, so short. At the time, any team would have coughed up two first-round picks for Khalil Mack. And I can tell you right now, because I still have the trade offer saved, okay, they the from the Khalil Mack trade, they, the Packers were one of the teams that were in on Khalil Mack, okay? And Green Bay that year, if you remember, going into the 2019 draft had two first-round picks, but they just – Oakland wanted – at the time, Oakland wanted the Bears' two first-round picks because the assumption was that the Bears would suck, and that totally backfired on them because both those first-round picks actually ended up being in the back half of the first round, not necessarily anywhere where the Raiders anticipated it. But the point I'm making, guys, more so is this, is that there comes a point in time where you need to move on. Mac battled back in knee injuries the last two seasons, basically. His basically fourth season in Chicago, he finishes it off. He didn't even get to the halfway point of the season. It's like we got to that San Francisco game in week eight, and he was out, okay? And they placed him on injured reserve, I believe, two days before that game. And so the point is is this, is the fact that the Bears are moving on from a player they number one didn't finish fit in their long-term plans as i've mentioned but number two just could not stay healthy and i don't know how many of y'all watching this have ever played sports at a high level in your life but if you can't stay healthy they're gonna bench you in the words of former bears head coach john fox the best ability is availability khalil mack has not been all that available he's not been a double digit sack rusher and again we're not sitting here no i'm not going to act like I hated Khalil Mack because he did a lot of great things for this team. Okay, He's a reason, one of the reasons the Bears were able to go 8-8 eight and eight and back into the playoffs in 2020. Okay, But the point is, is that it just became time to move on and this is what it is now. You know, it's time to look forward to an era where Justin Fields and everything revolves around Justin Fields, not the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and I, I just want to make this last point is um, you don't win a Super Bowl by paying an edge rusher $20 million a year. You can't magically snap your fingers and get the best edge rusher in the NFL, and all of a sudden, bada bing, you're now going to compete for the Lombardi. It doesn't work like that. Uh, there's tons of analytics out there that suggest that spending a lot of money on the edge is possibly one of the worst things that you can do analytically for your defense that all that money should go into your secondary uh, and in your linebacking core. This might be a suggestion that that's what the Bears are going to do. Uh, they're going to start focusing in on the secondary. And just look at what Eberflus was able to do in Indianapolis with that secondary. Amazing work, night and day. They have one of the best, best cornerback rooms in the entire NFL now, and it was all homegrown. So I just want to remind you that, we didn't magically win a Super Bowl in 2018 when we brought on Khalil Mack. Sure, he performed. Sure, he was able to give us you know, some crucial plays. But did we win the Super Bowl? No. Did we win a playoff game? No. So why are we automatically going, oh, my Lord, Khalil Mack is gone. We're ruined when he's not even playing near the level of production that he was putting out in 2018. So 
that's that's just the way I see it. You know, thank you for the memories, but at the same time, let's move forward and let's look to the future. And really, that's what it's all about for the Bears at this point. Because again, this is the final point I promise I'm going to make here before we get out. But it became very clear towards the end of the 2020 season that the current makeup of the Bears roster was just not good enough to compete. And the only thing that really reaffirmed people's hopes in any of the roster that Pace and Nagy left behind was just the fact that Justin Fields was the only real light of hope and so polls is looking at this and saying hey they didn't get it done the previous roster so i'm gonna have to build this thing back up and i'm gonna start it by trading away what a lot of people deem to be the most untradeable player on the roster and it's a damn gutsy move by polls too because trust me when i say this not a lot of gms would make such a move but anyways, guys, that's going to do it from us. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Fireside Bears. Make sure you're following myself and Max on Twitter at Usaid Kosho and at MaxSmithESM. We are going to get out of here. We promise this is the last time we're hopefully recording with the Khalil Mack above our heads. So it's been... Yeah, a lot of uh, really good memories with this background, and we're going to have to update a lot of different things on social media. But bear down, y'all. Stay safe. We'll be back next week here with a couple more videos. All right, but peace out, guys.